0: Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome to episode 21 of the Clip City Podcast. I am your host, Yovan Buha. And a lot has happened since the last episode. Uh, made up for, you know, a couple of weeks ago's absence uh, with two episodes last week. But this week, I had been waiting for the big shoe in free agency to drop, Kawhi Leonard's decision, and it had been a crazy, you know, six days before he ultimately made his announcement that he was coming to the LA Clippers. Um, you know, this is something that I had written about recently. Uh, and just wrote about for the athletic. But, you know, there was a lot of misinformation and misreporting with Kawhi Leonard's free agency. The truth was, most people had no idea what was going on. Um, You know, a few people did. But for the most part, uh, you know, there there just was a lot of, of pure speculation. And, you know, just just rumors. And, and, you know, I heard this, and I heard that. And a lot of it ended up just being incorrect. And, um, you know that so that uh, I think what it did though it was color a certain perception that Kawhi Leonard was was really leaning towards the Lakers and really leaning towards going back to the Toronto Raptors and the Clippers were kind of an afterthought and I think for me looking at it logically uh, I thought you know anytime there was the report that the Clippers were still in it I thought that was a really good sign. You know some people would say they're out of it the Clippers are panicking this and that you know they've been eliminated but anytime someone who you know you could tell the select few who actually knew what they were talking about when those people came out and said no the Clippers are still in it the Clippers are still talking Kawhi's still interested um, you know I, I felt like you know the longer this process dragged out the better it was going to be probably for the Clippers it, it gave them more time to find that second star which they ultimately ended up finding in Paul George uh, but you know, a couple big dominoes for the Clippers happened before this trade, which was first re-signing Patrick Beverly uh, on a three-year, forty million dollar deal, just shoring up that point guard spot and bringing back really the heart and soul of last season's team. You know, Pat is one of the best three and D guards in the league. Uh, you know, last last season he showed an ability, you know, not only to hit threes at a you know a good to elite level, uh, you know, play make, uh, create for others, penetrate, get into the lane really well. Uh, but defensively, you know, we already knew about his reputation, Mister Ninety Four Feet, uh, against point guards. But he really showed an ability against twos, threes, and even fours in some cases that we had not really seen from Pat as much uh, throughout his career up until that point. So, you know, for Pat, uh, you know, for the Clippers to retain him, he really was their top free agent, um, even with uh, the Zubats and, and sort of the investment they had made in him. You know, Pat really was the the guy, and he had been enjoying free agency. You know, he had been interested in taking meetings with the Mavericks and the Bulls and the Lakers and the Kings, and um, you know, I think he was he was enjoying the process and, and seeing where it went and seeing who paid him the most. But ultimately, the Clippers came with uh, a very reasonable and fair offer, and, and Pat took somewhat of a discount from what Sacramento was offering him uh, to to come and, and re-sign and you know probably be a starter again now. Uh, Next season, now that the the Clippers traded Shea Gilgis Alexander, and and then the second big domino was the trade for Maurice Harkless. So the Clippers had, uh, you know, before the the, you know, before the whole Kawhi situation, uh, they had about forty four or so million dollars left in cap space, and they decided to become the fourth team in the Jimmy Butler signing trade. Uh, Butler was was signing trade to Miami from Philadelphia. And they needed a fourth team to execute that. The final trade ended up having Philly, Miami, Portland, and the Clippers involved. And someone needed to take, you know, originally Mo Harkless is going to Miami, but someone needed to take either the contract of Mo Harkless or Myers Leonard into their space. The Clippers stepped up, were the facilitator in that. And for their troubles of taking on the cap space, uh, they got a, not only did they get a starting caliber wing in Mo Harkless, but they got. Uh, you know, that first round pick from Miami 2023 lottery protected, uh, was lottery protected in 2023. If, if it moves on, it goes to 2024. If it moves on, it goes to 2025 and then it becomes unprotected in 2026. So, uh, you know, that was a very valuable pick because it ended up being a part of the Clippers package for Paul George. So really I thought those two dominoes set up The Clippers very well for this whole Kawhi situation it it you know retain their top free agent someone who I think is really attractive to guys like Kawhi Leonard and and Paul George because he's going to make their lives easier he's going to take the best perimeter defensive assignment uh, if they want to take a night off for whatever reason Uh, if they just want you know to take a possession off they could put Pat on those types of guys Uh, and he's someone that you know I, I thought really showed last season how valuable he was and the type of impact he could have on a locker room on a team Culture, so uh, I think re-signing Pat was huge, and then again, re-signing—I mean, trading for Mo Harkless, getting that extra first-round pick, getting a starting caliber forward, a, a guy who started on a team that just made the Western Conference Finals and has gotten out of the first round a couple times previously. Um, you know, Mo, Mo Harkless is someone who will probably come off the Clippers' bench now, but is again of starting quality for a really good Blazers team, and you know, fits. Uh, just him alone kind of addressed, you know, partially the Clippers' need for more perimeter size and length and defense and shooting. Uh, you know, he's not the best shooter. Uh, he's kind of average to slightly below average, depending on the season. But, um, you know, Mo is someone who I think will really help the Clippers and was a really underrated addition. But what what that Mo Harkless trade uh, ended up leading to, of course, was the, the, the granddaddy trade of them all. Uh, the Clippers acquired Paul George for Danilo Gallinari, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, uh, and seven uh, picks. They, they gave up three of their own picks, 2022, 2024, 2026. The two Miami picks, unprotected 2021. And then again, that lottery protected 2023 pick. Uh, and they also gave up Two two potential pick swaps. So, uh, uh, you know, it could be five picks, could be up to seven picks uh, in 2023 and 2025. So, if the Clippers are worse than the Thunder, uh, the Thunder have the option to pick swap with them and and would pick swap with them in, in those two cases. So, the Clippers gave up a lot. Like, you know, Gallo is a top 30, top 35 player. Uh, last year was a borderline all-star and all-NBA forward. Uh, and, you know, you know, he, there's no guaranteeing that he's going to be healthy this season. And it always was the assumption that the Clippers were going to trade him to get that second star, to get that second big piece next to a Kawhi or a Kevin Durant. Uh, so this kind of fulfilled that uh, in terms of moving Gallo to, to facilitate that. Uh, but trading Shea really was, I, I think, the thing that... Um, was the most difficult for the Clippers. The Clippers. This was someone they did not want to give up in, in trade talks for Anthony Davis, and, and this is someone that they were very you know the list of players they would move Shea Gilders Alexander for what was very very small. And while I don't even know if Paul, you know, I, I don't think the Clippers would have made this trade in a vacuum in terms of if they were not getting Kawhi Leonard. I do not think that they would have still done this trade. Uh, like I, you know, they if you want to be honest, they did overpay for Paul George. He was not worth this package, like really a comparable package to what the Lakers gave up for Anthony Davis. But the reason they did that was because they weren't just trading for Paul George. They were essentially trading for Kawhi Leonard as well. And if you have a chance to get two top 10 players, uh, you know, the f- reigning finals MVP, uh, who's also a two times final, uh, two time finals MVP, uh, one of the best, two-way players of all time. I, I think it, it's not too early to say that about Kawhi. Like, you know, this is a two-time defensive player of the year. Um, you know, one of the best perimeter wing defenders we've ever seen. And while he's – wouldn't put him on – one of the best offensive players we've ever seen yet. He's trending in that direction. He's gotten better offensively pretty much every season. And you saw the historical run. He just went on in in the 2019 postseason. You know, really in particular, his performances against the Sixers, Bucks and Warriors was a stuff of legend and, you know, really put him in a stratosphere that only guys like Jordan and, and LeBron and uh, Bird and, and Kobe and, and those types of guys have, have, you know, a level that they've gotten to. So for for Kawhi to come to the Clippers by, just by himself, you know, would, would have been enough. But for them to get Paul George, you know, the, the third runner up for MVP, um, yeah, first team all NBA forward, uh, again, one of the top 10 players in the league, you know, worst case top 12. But I think based off his performance last season, you got to put him in the top 10, somewhere in that like 8 to 10 range. And for for the Clippers, to got two of those guys. Uh, I think it it, it just it, it's a huge moment for the franchise. It this probably is the most important moment in franchise history. This was a franchise altering night, a franchise altering you know sequence of events. Like uh, you know what what I've been saying is people have to remember Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan were drafted by the Clippers. They did not pick to go to the Clippers. They had no say over that. They were drafted into it, and then once you're drafted into it. Uh, you know, the, the way the CBA is set up, the way the NBA rules are set up, you almost are owned by that team for the first seven, eight years of your career. Uh, you know, it's just really incentivized to stay with that team to make the most, mo- you know, make the most money and, and, you know, the most security and all that stuff with, with extra years and stuff. Like that is you know the team that drafts you kind of has you for that first you know six to eight years of your career. Now it's not to say Blake and DJ didn't like LA and didn't like the Clippers organization and all that stuff, but really they did not have a say over that. And and Chris Paul, you know, I, I know Laker fans haven't forgotten, but I think you know Clipper fans probably haven't forgotten either. Like he, he was originally going to the Lakers, and then that got blocked by. David Stern in the NBA for basketball reasons, he ended up getting rerouted to the Clippers. But the Clippers were not his first choice. His first choice was to go pair up with Kobe Bryant and, and form, you know, a dynamic duo with the Lakers and kind of become the Lakers franchise player moving forward. And instead he ended up in in, you know, LA with the Clippers and the Lob City era started. But, you know, those three players, for as important as they are, uh, in, in my opinion, three of the top 4 Clippers of all time. The only other person i would put in there is elton brand uh, but outside of that you know i think blake and chris are the two best clippers ever um, you know elton to me is third and then dj is probably fourth uh with, with bob mcadoo uh, rounding out the top five um you know and he's also not really you know a buffalo brave not clippers or buffalo braves a slight difference but anyway you know that's neither here nor there. that's a topic for a different podcast for me uh, You know, I, I think the distinction is is significant in that Kawhi Leonard and Paul George chose the, the Clippers. Kawhi Leonard turned down the Lakers and the incumbent Raptors, the defending champs, the team that gambled on him, showed him loyalty, showed him sacrifice. Uh, You know, he turned them down, and the Lakers were able to get AD and form a potential big three. You know, a big uh, a super team, and they cleared the, that max cap space for Kawhi specifically. And he turned them down, and he chose the Clippers. And Paul George was sold enough by the Clippers and by Kawhi that he went to OKC management and demanded a trade. And you know, really, one of the big things for the Clippers with, with all of this, uh, this has already been reported, and I've talked to some Clipper people about this, is you know they were nervous uh, about the Lakers, and they were nervous. That if they did not get that second guy, if they did not, you know, this wasn't a situation where Kawhi was just going to sign and then they were going to go get that second guy. This was a situation where they needed that that second guy on board to get Kawhi. So they were nervous. If we don't get that second guy, whether it's Paul George, whether it's Bradley Beal, Kevin Love, whoever, uh, you know, uh, they also inquired about Drew Holiday. We're not going to get Kawhi Leonard. And if we don't get Kawhi Leonard, he's probably going across the Staples Center hallway to the Lakers, where he's going to form a historic big three with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And we're going to sit here now for the next two years, not be able to get any free agents till 2021. You know, maybe we able to trade for someone, but uh, if you do trade for Bradley Beal or Kevin Love at that point, it doesn't really matter. You know, you're going to be a middling, you know, to to above average team, Uh, and you know, I I think for the Clippers, like they were facing that reality and and that would have been their nightmare scenario. Like there's no way to paint a Kawhi Leonard to the Lakers scenario in a positive light. Like that would have been a straight up disaster for the Clippers with how much they invested in Kawhi, how much they spent researching and preparing their pitch for him, how much they spent, you know, uh, just in terms of the last 12 months of preparation for this, this summer and, and this pitch to him that, Really, for that, you know, they did not go all in on Kawhi Leonard to watch him go to the Lakers. That was not going to happen. So once they found out they needed that second guy, they asked around the league. They started looking at different things, and the Paul George situation worked itself out. You know, OKC is kind of a middling team. They they're the most expensive team in the league. They're deep in the luxury tax. This doesn't get them out of the luxury tax, but it does lessen that uh, cost. For them, and I think it was really a win win move for both sides. If you're OKC, it's probably time to rebuild, whether that's with Shea and Steven Adams, or whether that's just around Shea and the future picks. Like OKC probably needs to move on from Muscle Westbrook now. And for the Clippers, obviously, now you got two top 10 players smack dab in their prime. Uh, not just two top ten players, but two of the best two way, if not the two best two way players in the league. Uh, you have you still have one of the deepest rosters in the league. You still have Lou and Trez off the bench, the best one two punch off the bench in the league. You still got Doc. You still got the front office. You still got Steve Ballmer. Like there's a lot of positive things going for the Clippers right now. Uh, it just became the Vegas favorite. Uh, I I personally think that they're the best team in the league and should be the championship favorite. Uh, I've talked to plenty of people uh around Vegas now. I'm out here in summer league. And there's plenty of people who who I respect the opinion of and they're saying the Clippers are the clearly the best team in the league. Um, you know, I I'm not gonna name drop names and stuff, but like plenty of smart basketball people, plenty of people who um, you know, I, I think really know what they're talking about. And everyone, you know, across the board is saying the Clippers have the best team in the league. Um, you know, they're not they're not like warriors loaded where it's just so clear, like they're going to win the title and it's not even close. Like that's not the case. But I think if you go roster by roster and really analyze it objectively, uh, you know, the Clippers now they're the only team in the NBA that has two top 10 players outside of the Lakers, but they have a deeper and better roster than the Lakers. Like they have better role players. They have a better supporting cast. The the fit is clear and I think they're better at shooting. I think they're better defensively. Uh, and I think there's just infinite potential with uh, with, with this Clippers roster. Um, it's not without risk. This deal is not without risk. You know, Shea is, has the all-star potential. He, he could be a multi-time all-star. He could be someone that the Clippers really wish they kept, f- you know, around Kawhi Leonard. Um, and, and, you know, and maybe there's a scenario in which they could have traded, like, andrew shamit and jerome robinson or something like that and and maybe that ends up being the path that they should have taken if that were even on on the table i don't even know that yet but uh you know and, and then the other big risk is the picks like the you know the clippers have their 2020 and 2021 picks and then after that uh 2022 through 2026 uh you know those what uh five years of picks are all owned basically by the thunder you know they're getting three of them and then the other two they can pick swap so um you know this deal is not without risk like if, if Paul George uh or Kawhi Leonard have a major injury or don't age well or one of those guys bolts or both of those guys bolt the Clippers will be in a tough situation where they will not be, you know, it won't be easy to pivot and rebuild quickly, uh, unless they're willing to, you know, buy back into the draft and and really spend money on different assets and different stuff. Which, look, you can't rule that out with Steve Ballmer. He's clearly showing he's willing to spend his own money. He's willing to invest in this franchise. He, he wants to win. He's competitive. But this deal's not without risk. But that being said, if the Clippers win a championship or two championships or three championships, I think it's all worth it. And, you know, for me, that really is, uh, you know, the the situation that you're looking at with the Clippers is now it is a Western Conference finals or bust. It's a finals or bust. It's potentially a championship or bust with this roster. Like they, you know, they're the Vegas favorite. And, uh, you know, Vegas tends to trend towards the Lakers because, that's how you know lakers have the biggest fan base and you know especially with the vegas you know how close vegas is to la there's a bunch of laker fans coming in and out and betting on lakers and stuff but the clippers are now the favorite and i think you can't you know vegas sets the line for a reason vegas makes the favorite for a reason and i really do think the clippers have the best team of basketball right now which is just crazy to say Do you know what the worst sound in the world is? It's your alarm clock, if you haven't gotten enough sleep. No matter how much you love that song on your phone, when it wakes you up in the morning, you just want to stop it. I know for myself, I'm I'm a perpetual snoozer. Uh, It's hard for me to get up in the morning, but it's something I'm trying to work on and, and improve. Now imagine this scenario. The surface temperature of your bed gradually adjusts to wake you up gently and naturally without the sound of the alarm. Imagine now waking up rested and alert. not science fiction this is the new pod by eight sleep the pod by eight sleep is a high-tech bed designed specifically to help you achieve optimal sleep fitness there's a reason why time magazine calls eight one of the best inventions of last year it combines dynamic temperature regulation and sleep tracking to help enhance your rest and recovery it learns your sleep habits and adjusts the temperature automatically that means if you like the bed cool and your partner likes the bed warm now you can have both at the same time in a crazy, comfortable bed. And no more alarm clocks. To celebrate Independence Day, get a free gravity cooling blanket plus free shipping with your pod purchase. That is a $300 value, free. Offer ends Monday, July 8th. Visit 8sleep.com backslash bluewire. That's 8sleep.com backslash bluewire. 8sleep.com backslash bluewire. All right. So I'm here in Vegas. And, you know, I think one of the one of the things that's there's going to be more details on this whole situation and, and different things that trickle out and different things you hear throughout uh, the weekend and week. I'm going to be here till Wednesday. Uh, but, you know, I, I think one of the things that is is the most interesting to me uh, was this you know really the way the clippers front office moves in silence like this is the third time that they've had a blockbuster deal within the last two years you know the blake griffin trade the tobias harris trade and now this trade for paul george and no one knew about it you know there was no reporting there was no rumors there was no this guy might be available this guy's available you know there there you know it wasn't even known that paul george was on the, the trade market um you know, I, it's just to me, like the, their ability to operate in the shadows and operate in silence is such an advantage because unlike, you know, a team like the Lakers, who are just the easiest comparison, um, you know, who, who leak everything, who have multiple people leaking things, who sometimes leak multiple, you know, conflicting information uh, on different things, like the Clippers are basically you know, tight-lipped. Uh, they went radio silent during this process with Kawhi. Uh, I know on, on my end, I was, you know, trying to text people, get a hold of certain people and they were not responding and, and really haven't responded since free agency started. And I, I think the biggest reason for that was, you know, this is something the Clippers were really serious about. This is, you know, the the future of the franchise. And, and they had identified Kawhi Leonard as uh, the top free agent on the market even before Kevin Durant went down. And, you you know, this is someone that they really were invested in. They, they scouted heavily throughout the season, including Lawrence Frank attending games, which was rare for a president. Uh, Steve Ballmer went to the game in Toronto when the Clippers played up there. Uh, he was looking at the, you know, kind of investigating the arena and, um, you know, he went on a arena tour throughout the season uh, to kind of pick up different things from different arenas that he liked. But uh, it, I do not think it was just coincidental that he was in Toronto for the Clippers game there. Uh, I think he was sending a message, and the message was the Clippers really wanted Kawhi Leonard, and um, you know for for as good of a pitch as the Raptors had, you know, defending champions, they were the ones who actually traded and took the gamble on him. And for as good of a pitch the Lakers had, as uh, you know, building a potential super team, a potential dynasty, uh, with, with you know pairing those three players together. I think the Clippers really had the best pitch, which was, you know, we've built an entire organization around your personality and, and, and you know your your temperament and your cultural fit, and you know we're willing to go trade most of our future assets for a guy like Paul George to help you win. Now we you know we still have a bunch of assets. We still have a very flexible cap sheet and roster. Where we'll have future cap space, um, you know, over the next couple summers. So, for the Clippers, like uh, I think they really had the the most appealing pitch. And then on top of that, he's still getting the L.A. market. He's still going to be host, uh, you know, close to his family, but he doesn't have to deal with the circus of, of the Lakers, the the circus of LeBron. Um, you know, Kawhi can be his own guy with the Clippers. Uh, you know, he 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 won't have to talk much, and Paul George will handle that more so. Uh, there's less media attention, less pressure with the Clippers. Uh, So, you know, I I think really once you look at it, like from that perspective, the Clippers had the best and strongest pitch, I think. Um, And and even if they didn't, Kawhi Leonard felt that way. You know, he he was willing to wait and, and drag this out to day six and, you know, kind of allow the Clippers to you know, figure out a, a trade and a path for a second star in Paul George. And it also, you know, didn't necessarily hurt that it, it, it hurt the Lakers, you know, it, it prevented them from getting a guy like JJ Redick or, you know, getting a guy, uh, like a, you know, like a Trevor Ariza, or, uh, I know that there, there's more people I'm trying to think of like, they, they did get Danny Green, which I, is a move I really like, but, uh, the, the, you know, the, the Lakers did miss out on, a lot of the top free agents and a lot of guys like, you know, Seth Curry, guys like that, like guys that I think really would have helped this Lakers roster. um, You know, they they missed out because they're waiting for Kawhi. And uh, at that point, whoever Kawhi picked, the other two teams were really going to be screwed. And it was looking for a bit like that might be the Clippers, but uh, obviously, obviously not. Um, So I think where the Clippers go from here, they re-signed Evita Zubots. Now they have their... They also waived Ty Wallace and Sendarius Thornwell, which I think made sense. I know some fans were upset about that, but really, when you look at it, it, it makes a lot of sense in terms of just there's now a massive logjam uh, at the at the wing. Uh, I should also mention that they re-signed uh, Rodney Magruder, who they had the restricted free agent rights of. So now you're looking at a wing rotation of Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Landry Shamit. Jerome Robinson, Mo Harkless, and Rodney Magruder. That's seven wings right there. You also have Lou Williams, who, you know, you could technically pencil in as the backup point guard, but for all intents and purposes, really is a two. Uh, you also have Pat Beverly, who's probably gonna be the starting one, but also is more of a two or a three offensively and potentially even defensively. So, you know, the, the Clippers have a need for point guard. I, I suspect they will. Fill that with the vets minimum and spend their room exception on a player like Jermichael Green, bringing him back on uh, probably a two year, you know, $10 million deal. Uh, I think that, you know, really the last two holes for this roster are another point guard and another big man, particularly a four. You already got zoo and Trez at the five. Uh, so I think a, a backup four, Mo Harkless can play the backup four, but uh, I suspect he'll probably be more of a, um, you know, more of a three uh, during that, you know, kind of moving forward in, in terms of with the second unit. So I suspect the new starting lineup will be Avita Zubats, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Landry Shama, and Patrick Beverly with the primary uh, bench lineup being Montrez Harrell, either Mohark, either Moharkless, Ronnie Magruder, Jerome and Lou or um, Trez, Jamichael, Mo, Jerome and Lou. I think Jerome, Lou, Trez and Mo Harkless are the locks. Uh, it's just a matter of is it Magruder or Jermichael Green or another forward potentially uh, as that you know ninth tenth man uh, with the lineup. If it's Jermichael, he'll probably be I guess the eighth man uh, or so. But um, yeah, like th- that's really it for the Clippers. You know, th- th- they made two pretty big moves. There there aren't many moves left to make. Um, you know now it's just more about the roster fit. Uh, I think Paul George and Kawhi are going to fit seamlessly. Like I think Paul George ideally is a number two. He's going to fit in great in that role. Um, you know he, but it's also he's number two. But it's you know there's not a huge difference between Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Like they're they're similar in many ways and in terms of how good they are. I think they're 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 relatively close. Uh, you know, Kawhi is clearly the, 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 the alpha, the number one, uh, the best player. But um, I think it's a really good partnership because Kawhi doesn't necessarily care about that distinction, um, at least not publicly. So while it seems like Paul might care more about that, uh, Kawhi doesn't. So they're going to share the spotlight. They're going to share the limelight. And I think it's going to be a really good partnership where uh, they both complement each other well. They're both going to allow each other to do different things offensively and defensively. Um, very excited to see what Doc Rivers does with his lineups and his rotations. Uh, but th- this is look, this is an all around win for the Clippers. This is the most important day in, in, in franchise history. Um, there's no, there's no, uh, you know, underselling that. There, you know, that's not hyperbole. This really is because again, those two guys, two superstars, two top ten players chose the Clippers. The Clippers have arrived as an NBA destination, uh, and I think. If you're a Clippers fan, you're listening to this podcast. You should be. You should be happy. You should be proud. You should be thrilled. you Should be excited. Um, the future is very bright for this franchise, and um, I'm very, you know, intrigued to see how this team looks next season. I'm intrigued to see what else they have up their sleeve. You can never rule that out with this front office. And um, look, I, I've been very sick for the last week. I'm on antibiotics right now. Um, I'm, I'm not feeling the best. But I wanted to put together a podcast. I wanted to uh, get something out, um, you know, with, with th- this news breaking last night. Uh, it's been a crazy day. You know, I was packing, getting ready uh, to, to come to Vegas uh, when I heard, you know, th- when I saw the news. And uh, I had already pre-written three columns, one for the Clipper, you know, one for Kawhi going to the Clippers, one for him going to the Lakers, one for him re-signing in Toronto. I had no idea which one was going to happen, but... Ended up being the Clippers. I had to tweak some things because I did not have the Paul George, uh, you know, information in there. But I added that. It changed some of the angles and uh, wrote that story. So if you have not seen it yet, it's on the Athletic. Please be sure to check that out. Uh, but yeah, and then in the morning, uh, you know, did podcasting with the Athletic, and uh, then had to finish packing, getting ready for my trip to Vegas. Uh, flew out here. And actually ran into Tom Thibodeau at the airport, uh, got his perspective on how Kawhi and Paul George will fit. Because remember, he designed uh, the Boston's defense you know, during that 2008 championship run. And you know, they also made the finals in 2010. He was the defensive coordinator, the defensive architect for that team. So a lot of docs, defensive stuff, he actually got from Tibbs, um, who you know, previously was a assistant coach under Jeff Van Gundy. Um, you know who came from new york and stuff during that you know very rugged and chaotic uh 90s era uh with, with how defense was played and stuff so uh really interesting stuff from from tibs that I'm going to be writing that for tomorrow morning for the athletic but in the meantime um please be sure to subscribe to the athletic uh you know if you've not done so already please, uh, I don't know what you're doing now you know now that uh, the, the, the Clippers have, uh, two of the, the top 10 players in the league, uh, and, you know, have become a legitimate title contender. Uh, I really hope you check out my stuff and, and subscribe and just check out the stuff of my coworkers too. Uh, I think you will not regret subscribing. I, I get, uh, you know, as always, you can subscribe for one week, uh, for the price of a cup of coffee, um, you know, the, the for much cheaper than the price of a summer league ticket And, uh, you know, if you don't like it, you could unsubscribe after a week, but I would recommend against that. Uh, Also, you can follow me on social media at Jovan Buha. uh, That is at J-O-V-A-N-B-U-H-A. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram. I'm going to be posting a bunch of stuff behind the scenes uh, with Clippers players and uh, Clippers related content on my Instagram, Instagram stories. And of course, as always, most important, Please subscribe to Blue Wire to the Clip City podcast if you are not wherever you're listening to this right now. Apple Music, Spotify, Stitcher. Uh, I would recommend just subscribing, uh, leave a, a comment, you know, rate and review five stars. Uh, you know, I, I recently read all the comments and uh, was really, really grateful and appreciative for all the positivity. Um, you know, I, I think I've only gotten like one or two non-five star. Reviews out of like fifty plus, so that that's been great to see. I apologize to the one person who said they can never understand what I'm saying because my voice is too deep and baritone. Uh, I do apologize. I hope you can understand what I'm saying right now. Um, But I've had a very sore throat. I've been very sick and under the weather. uh, I can't even talk. Weather. I've been bedridden really for the last week. So um, just getting over that now. Trying to enjoy Vegas. Make the most of it. Have this be a really productive trip. Uh, but thank you, as always, for listening. Uh, I will be back next week. Um, not sure what day yet. Uh, you know, th- this free agency stuff is kind of thrown off my schedule. Uh, potentially by Monday, but if, if not much has happened, I might push it more towards, like, Wednesday. But, uh, yeah, I will be back soon. I uh, wanted to get this up. And let me know what your thoughts are about Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. Uh, you know, reach out to me on The Athletic. Reach out to me on Twitter instagram and uh you know let me know where you were when it happened and what your thoughts and reactions were uh, and where the clippers now stand in the west and in the nba uh all right so thank you guys for listening and i will talk to you next week nobody builds 5g